Hi, I'm John Green, and you're listening to Performance Check, a show about how to make deeper and richer characters through panel discussions and interviews with some of your favorite Twitch streamers and actual play podcasts. This episode, we'll be interviewing Paolo Quiros, the creator and GM of the Film Reroll podcast, an actual play podcast that focuses on one-shots of some of your favorite films as RPGs. So, Paolo, thanks for coming on. Uh, first off, so uh, who are you? What do you do, both in the world of you know, tabletop RPGs and in the wider world in general? Uh, my name is Paolo. Uh, I'm an actor based in New York, and I'm most known in the world of RPGs. Uh, well, I'm only known in the world of RPGs as the host of the film Reroll, which is a little show that I came up with about two years ago. Uh, there were I was had some free time. I decided to create some projects, and this one, for some reason, really connected with people and went viral online, and we ended up by like I think our sixth or seventh episode seeing our numbers spike and then suddenly you know I'm spending a lot of time uh, making this thing grow and, and blossom and, and it's taking us to where it is right now which is which is a fun place. Okay uh, for people who don't know what film reroll is or haven't had a chance to experience it um, and I know you've gone through this summary a, a few times before on the show but what is the podcast what's the basic pitch of hey here's what our show is and here's why it's different and amazing. And so we take a movie we start with the premise of a movie and we treat it as if it were an RPG. You know, you start at the beginning, you have players in the main characters, and you have me, or sometimes other people, but usually me, DMing. And you see where it goes from there. You end up with a totally new story, depending on what the players do and what the dice decide we're allowed to do. Uh, and you find out what is kind of outside of the map or what were the alternate possibilities of how, how a movie could have played out. Okay, so... um. I'm curious about where this idea actually came from, because uh, I know for me, when I when I first kind of heard the basic premise and I heard a couple of episodes, I had that um, I, that strange creative fury of that such a simple and brilliant idea. Why didn't I come up with it first? Which uh, you know is usually the sign of something really special. But so for you, where did the idea for for doing this come from? Well. In a practical sense, it was just it was a period where I was transitioning from theater to TV, and my agent was telling me to turn down theater work, so suddenly I had a lot of free time on my hands. I hadn't really stuck with TV much, so I, I didn't I wasn't connected into commercials or, or the network shows yet. So with all that free time, I decided I needed to make some projects, and I created a a, a puppet show, and I created a, a short film that we were working on. And this was actually kind of last on my list of, of ideas. It just popped into my head one evening. I think it, so. I'm not really. I don't have a huge background in RPGs, but there was a D and D game that, that um, Peter and John from from the show both started, and it had kind of been in my mind for a long time that getting a bunch of theater people to do role playing it, it ended up with a very special kind of uh, storytelling that was kind of halfway between improv and and scripted storytelling. We had these characters, we, we were playing and improvising, but, but it wasn't a limitless world. You couldn't just do the goofy improv comedy stuff of like, I've had a gun uh, the whole time. There were rules, and within those rules, you, you had more interesting possibilities than just with improv where anything is go. And I think I was... It was because I had just finished working on a play, and I don't remember which one it was, but I'd, I'd just been working on a Shakespeare play. A 
happened in which a conversation had come up about what would happen if, you know, this person had done something else. And so those two things kind of mixed in my head. And I thought, well, what if we do, you know, what if we do a role playing podcast, but with stories people already know? And uh, at first it was just going to be, you know, all stories. But then I decided later on to narrow it down to just films as we were getting started. And, and yeah, that's where I think that's where it came from. And the for me, the premise was actually not a thing when I was thinking about it. It was really about who the people are, because, you know, an idea for a show and actually making an entertaining show are two very different things. And getting the right mix of people, that that magical mix of chaos and structure of fun and being able to tell a story that I'd heard happen was really what I wanted to bottle up was was that that magical little chemistry between the people that I'd seen in the room um, and adding some you know, some professional actors who I thought could could carry some of that storytelling structure. So, and, uh, so it worked out. So how did you so with with the current cast that you have as you um as you started putting people together was it just a here people I think would be good together or had you seen like Peter and Joss interact together before and you knew ah these people are fantastic together they've got great chemistry that I think will work really well for this or was there a little bit of trial and error trying to figure out who who would play against each other best No yeah the original cast was um the original cast all were very good friends with each other so it wasn't for me a surprise whether or not the chemistry would work uh, and immediately for me, the chemistry was was hilarious. The fact that the storytelling aspect of it would would actually work was something that I wasn't sure of at all, and, and it kind of came together in a in a wonderful way. Um, yeah, the original cast, I for me fell into place. Peter, John, and Andy, who wasn't actually in the first few episodes, I think he was out of town. I don't remember what, but I, he, I had had him in mind. Uh, so those three had played D and D with me. So they were part of the kind of original conception of the idea was seeing the chemistry that developed between us when we were playing. And, and that original campaign was actually John, who was the, the DM. He, he has the background in RPGs more than I did. And then I added Jaws as well, kind of rounding it out to a what made sense to me thinking of it was we had Peter, who was you know, a professional director, Andy, a writer. Um, and Jaws, an actor, and then John was actually not in show business, and like the rest of us, who was a, but uh, he was our RPG expert. He actually kind of had the most GURPS background of, of all of us by far. So uh, that's kind of how I thought of it: was a writer, a director, an actor, and an role-playing expert, and you know, and then me, the DM. I was yeah. also an actor. <laughs> kind of had my fingers in all those pies. Somewhere. Gotcha. Uh, that's actually a really fascinating way to build up a uh, to build up a group, I, and I never quite considered it as just I guess the different roles in a in a theater film project, um, which I guess makes sense why everything works together very well. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Like dice? Need more dice? Check out EasyRollerDice.com for amazing dice, including their gunmetal and Rose Gold Collections. When you visit, make sure to use coupon code TOME, that's T-O-M-E, at checkout and save 15% immediately. Again, go to EasyRollerDice.com and use code TOME at checkout and save 15% and snag yourself some great dice and gaming accessories.
do you, uh, is it a situation where everyone kind of tossed that idea is like, oh, we should do this film, oh, we should do, do this one, oh, it'd be fun to do this, or do you kind of sit down and say, let's look at all the five million things that you've been thinking of that I'm sure everyone on Twitter recommends to you all the time? Like, how do you go through the process of narrowing down, this is the one I think will do really well and that people will uh, will grab a hold of? Yeah, that's the that's always the big question is what movies to run. And um, when it first started, it was really just me making a big list of movies that would work and kind of working my way through it. And I think that the main thing is that you have to be inspired. You have to really want to, because as the DM, this show is, it puts you through the ringer. It's hard work. And you really got to want to tell that story. You got to be excited about what are the other possibilities, what's right outside the edges of the map. And um, and the same thing when other people have come in and DM, you know, I let them do whatever story they are interested in because I think that that more than anything, the drive of the DM to to create that world is what makes it exciting. And you know, people always throw suggestions at us, and the player, the other players are always constantly talking about what movies we're going to run. Um, as we've gotten as we've gotten bigger, we've had some uh, some Patreon fans give you know basically put in a big contribution and, and get to choose or suggest an episode. And that's been its own challenge to try and kind of jump in to a story that someone else decided was a good idea. Although they always give us, we always ask them to give us multiple options for us. To choose. There are some movies that really just don't. Yeah. Don't occasionally, have the same possibilities. occasionally I feel like I see some that get suggested. I'm like, man, that is a really good movie. That would be a terrible RPG to listen to. Um, yeah, and other ones that I, I would have thought never could have worked in a million years. I've also seen that uh, you guys take that and and run with it. Um, you were talking about the scope of preparation, and the one that immediately jumps to mind is the uh, is the Bill and Ted episode, where it, now you actually the the time travel just was that like a ten digit number, and that would tell you when and where in time you were. Was that something that you made yourself, or did you find that somewhere that already existed? No, I made it. Yeah. I made it. Wow. I, I built a little program that would translate random numbers to, um, yeah, random kind of constrained, although it's not fully constrained. So you can end up really far in the future or the past, but it, uh, it's weighted towards the, the present, particularly towards the past, because that's kind of what happens in the movies. Sure. So if you put in a random number, you're most likely to end up within the last like 5,000 years. But it's not guaranteed. And in fact, in the movie, they've traveled to the far future. And that, and that has its own fun and dramatic possibility. Yeah, I mean, building the program didn't take me that long. It's just a little PHP script. It's, if you look at the code, it's very ugly. But um, it, that opened up a whole world. Um, and yeah, having a random, like a fully randomized point in time and space, and you're going to end up there, and, and we're going to play forward from there. It was just a joy, particularly with those two characters and getting to see how history bounced off of them. I, I would love to do another one. It's, it's, it was a very intimidating episode to take on as the DM because I was basically saying, like, we're going to I am going to have to be thinking on my feet. I cannot really pre-plan all of these. You know, the difference between playing, you know, in your home and doing a TV show, a TV show, a radio show, is that we... Um, I had told the players, like, hey, on, on all these time jumps, we're going to take a little break, and I'm going to replan. And they, you know, they went out and got some food or went out and grabbed a new six-pack of beer. 
and I'd take 15 minutes and I would plan out, you know, okay, we're in, let me remind myself of the history. I'm kind of a history nut, so like, that was one of the reasons I wanted to do it. Okay. Remind myself of the history of this period. Okay, what would be fun? All right, I'm putting that there, putting that there, putting that there. These are some fun things they could find. Let's go. How quickly can you like visualize this place there in your head and, and describe it to them and make it real to them? If nothing else, hearing that makes me feel slightly better about myself as a GM because I remember listening to that episode and they're like, "What? Did he just suddenly jump into ancient Greece, just and go with it?" I was blown away. So the fact there was actually small breaks in there to prepare. Okay, I've seen a little bit of the mystery now, so I'm not quite as uh, just shaken to my core as, uh, yeah. as another GM. There you go. I managed to demystify the show for you. <laughs> um, so do you find that – is that the same kind of level of prep that you do for most things? So, I mean, I know like, obviously there was you know, scripting for Bill and Ted. There was coming up with every single possible role for Jumanji. Like, Is that amount of work something that is pretty common, or does it vary pretty heavily from project to project? Well, it varies. Um, I, yeah, I find it's it's sort of like what the, the the actual work that I do, you know, is thinking about the movie from a dramatic perspective of like what are the things that people want and what are the things that could kind of change that. So, what is actually everyone trying to do in the movie is what I have to figure out in order to run it. And then, you know, be very aware of like, what are the actual events that are going to take place and how will they, how will they affect the story? How will they impact timing wise? So mapping out the, the, what is actually happening is, is the work. Now the drawing outside the edges of the map, that for me is just kind of fun. And that sort of tends to fill out where I find most interesting, which is not always what we do. And, and I think for any GM, you don't, you're not going to, not all of the things that you come up with are going to actually reach the audience uh and that's okay you know it's 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 the kind of thing where it's filling your mind with possibilities and, and excitement and, and what is the story and getting into the details of who the characters are that makes you able to 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 be able to improvise no matter where they go and the other thing is to generally not try to get too detailed with any one branch of the because then, then you is when you start to feel bad about not getting to show off your work, which shouldn't be the impulse you have. I, I mean, at least the way I run games, which tries to be as player-driven as possible, I, I actively tell my players before, before we start, you know, surprise me. Remember, this, don't try and figure out what, where I want the story to go, where does your character want to do, and, and please surprise me. You know, if I need a break to pre-plan, we'll do that. But that's when I have fun is when I'm actually improvising and I don't know what's going to happen. And that's why you don't want to get too detailed with any one place or, or rather I get as detailed as I need to, to be able to do it. But then I trust that like I'll visualize it and I'll tell it what comes to my brain and I'll improvise and, and it'll be fun. And you can set up the geography of the world. And that geography will be there no matter what's happening. But the, the fun, the fun isn't, the where it's the what so be ready for anything to fill that that what okay so as um so let's see at this point you have what 50 or so episodes done is oh not yet right? i know i think we're at we're at like episode 30 what's the last one 36 something like that. oh is that all okay um 
let's oh, hang on. Okay, Rogue uh, Rogue One Part Three was thirty-eight. Yeah, thirty-eight. Um, so as you kind of look back over the last, you said, so you've been doing this for a couple of years, almost 40 episodes. Um, what are some of the ones that jump out at you is this one went a place I never expected and it was amazing. This one was my favorite. This one was like that. You just, those strong memories as you kind of look back over the last couple of years of work uh, for people who are kind of joining in for the first time and who are looking for some key episodes to, to hone in on. I'm going to pull up a list of episodes I can remember. I, I sort of look at these just like anything you do. I mean, I think this is true for me as a theater guy more than it is for some film people. But, you know, when it's done, it's done. I, I love it. It's my baby. And then as soon as it's out, I, I don't think about it again. <laughs> uh, but looking through the list here, um, Halloween 2 is, well, that's not a great new starter episode if you haven't heard the show before. But that one, not. That was a recent one that did not go um anyway like i planned it it was an interesting experience of me writing a story from scratch because it was a sequel to a previous episode we'd done yes and it was just totally different same same with et which was nothing like what i had expected them to do um so start pausing a quick for uh for halloween if if i remember that correctly you had you did halloween the original halloween just like you would do any other movie and then you did Halloween 2, but not the film Halloween 2, an actual sequel to the Halloween episode. And yeah, that's right. was that just a, hey, this will be our own kind of little in-joke, and this will be like our own weird like separate continuity from everything else? Or was it just a, we love these characters so much, we can't bear to not come back to them again? Where did the desire uh-huh. for that special kind of, that alternate take with Halloween come in? It was part that, and it was part the fact that the, the players hadn't finished the story in the first Halloween. You know, I had kind of set down rules that I wasn't telling them in my brain for what the – and this is sort of what I always do is is watch the movie very closely and figure out what I think the rules are and make them up when the, when the movie doesn't make them explicit. So there was, for me, a rules – a kind of rules for how you – how you could actually win this situation, how you could actually kill Mike Myers. And they failed in that regard. They didn't do what they needed to do to okay. actually finish the story. But they came to a great, like, stopping point. They, you know, quote-unquote, killed Michael Myers. And then it reali- I realized that was like, wow, that, that is actually kind of how these movies work. It's you kill the character, but you haven't actually... And in the movies, it's because, you know, they want to make a sequel. But for us, it was because from my perspective, looking at what I had in front of me, they hadn't killed him. And for anyone who's genre savvy as to these kinds of movies, of course, they haven't actually killed him. It's Michael Myers. So that's that's where the idea for a sequel came out. And I, I just was never particularly interested in doing Halloween 2, the movie. You know, of all the movies out there that we can do, that's not one that I'm jumping up to do. So. Mm-hmm decided to do a sequel to just our thing. And, and there's several other movies that we've done that we kind of intend to do a sequel that will be a sequel specifically to ours, like Jumanji, as you mentioned. We just haven't gotten around to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so with, so there, there have been a couple of, other, of the episodes, like uh, like Jumanji, like, uh, like Speed, where you actually have full characters that don't even get to ever make an appearance in the movie, like significant major characters. Um. So with with situations like that where you've got someone, uh, you've got a player who's gone and they've actually prepared like a, a full character to really dive into and get into, and they've got the character sheet and they're ready to go. Uh, how do you deal with just the uh, 
just the, the the ambient nature of like, well, you know what? You might not actually get to play your character at all. Like, how does that uh, how does that kind of change things for uh, for the individual players where they know, yeah, this might go terribly wrong and you'll miss the the normal nice you know interesting arc of a character that you would get in say a more traditional RPG. Yeah, I think it's um I think that's the fun and and you know all my all my actors on the show are are very gifted improv actors, so I think they're they're willing to go to those places. Um, it's, I think it's often for these movies, just a logistical possibility, like with speed, for instance, uh, that's, I think the first one where it really, like we, we went to a very different direction from the movie. They, they ended up catching the bad guy like 45 minutes into the story and, and poor Jaws who's been sitting there the whole time ready to play Sandra Bullock, uh, never meets us, like never joins the movie. And and it's something that I often look at when I'm looking at these stories, these movies, is that you have these characters that are that everyone remembers, but what you don't remember is they're actually they don't come in until ten minutes in. And sometimes in those ten minutes, when you're playing a game where anything can happen, we've gone just down a different path. And that was definitely the case with Jumanji, where everyone remembers that time jump. And the characters, the kids that are in the 90s and everything. But if you actually are following the arc of the story, the odds of them doing that are very, very low. So we knew that going in. And for Jumanji, I had told everyone, hey, uh, so the way that we're going to find our your characters is just kind of like exploring this world. And when someone sticks, you know, when there's an NPC that kind of sticks to one of you, because they often jump in and take over NPCs then that's your character and, and we'll find who our characters are by playing the story. And we did. And there were, you know, in the world, there were a lot more uh, powerful, you know, more skilled characters than others. And that's kind of the fun of it. And, and, you know, if you're at home playing a game, your, your players don't necessarily want to have the risk of jumping into a useless character. But since my actors mostly think of this as, as improv rather than getting to, personal about being more or less powerful in the world, then, then you've got a lot of fun that you can have with people. Um, the, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, the unbalanced nature of play in our podcast, which is just when you're doing movies, you got to be comfortable with the fact that your games will not be balanced. Some characters will be way more powerful than others. And, uh, if your players are willing to do that, I think there's there's a lot of fun to be had there. So yeah, I mean that's always the possibility with us. But. Um, so, uh, so uh, as the t- during the time you've been doing this, have you gotten a chance to go and uh, just go back to playing uh, regular D and D or any other RPGs? Like, or is I it just like honest, I have not played uh, any RPGs other than for our show. Well, in the in the two years since I started the show, um, I I generally keep very busy, and already RPGs were something that I really loved, but are very time consuming, and I found, I was finding myself not having the time to handle it, and partly being able to capture that magic and put it on the radio was one of the reasons I wanted to do this to kind of give myself a reason, give myself an excuse to book time to this. Sure. To be able to play. 
and now it would be it would be very difficult for me because I put a I put a bunch of work into the show and uh, it's it's now kind of become uh, a work project and when I actually give myself time to to not be working and to relax it's to do something that you do for work you know? no i i understand i was just uh <laughs> i was just curious how something like this would affect it if you were just kind of in another uh just in a normal uh kind of traditional rpg that was uh, that was different from this but uh no i i understand you don't want to mix your work and your play too much um those are kind of all the the big questions that i had for you uh but i'm curious are there any other projects plans that uh fans of yours fans of film, re- film reroll should kind of be keeping an eye out for uh, I don't have anything that I can talk about right now. Um, I don't think. I always put my plugs uh, usually on the show, but you can follow me on Twitter at Paolo Kiros. I don't always plug stuff on the show because we often forget. But I'm on my Twitter, and I'll uh, tell people about when projects are out. Okay. And uh, you mentioned that you had a uh, you had a Patreon page. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, patreon.com slash film reroll it's uh it's amazing we love all our patreon followers and really is, is the lifeblood of this show the fact that people are willing to finance what we do all right fantastic uh and if people have any uh any questions for you just is it is it best to reach out to you on twitter go to uh, go to the website what's the best way for people who have questions or comments or want to get in touch with you or the rest of the film reroll cast yeah, you can send us messages on Twitter, twitter.com slash film reroll. Uh, Peter usually runs it, but I'm, I'm also kind of run it and, and keep an eye on that. If you have a longer message or if you have something that, you know, the mailbag for the show is film reroll at gmail.com. And that's stuff that we, uh, we read all of it. We don't have time to, to read every message on the actual show, but, but we do mail, do mailbags every couple episodes or so. And, uh, you can find all of those links in the show notes. Uh, Paula, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to meet with me. I really appreciate it, and it's been fascinating Thanks to talk to you. Me. And uh, I look forward to uh, hearing more from you in the in the rest of the film roll cast. Thanks. Great. Thanks. Mm-hmm.